So we've had hundreds of requests to basically pull the curtain back and kind of show people what it's like when we do, because we've talked about some of our outtakes and the like that we possibly share them with everybody. So what we've decided to do is not edit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're about to hear is the take of what it took to get the intro done for uh, for each of our interviews and basically we're just we're going to pull the curtain back and let you guys see the wizard of oz <laughs> the until the good bad and the ugly <laughs> until we get until we get tired of it so you know until that shtick has run it out so for for the hundreds of you that requested here you go Submission Coalition Podcast number 34. Number 34. With the amazing Tori O'Neill. Tori O'Neill, back again. <laughs> I know we've spoke to Tori in the past um, about Mighty Dames. This time, because of the current... Um, there's a lot of shit that's happened. There's a lot of since, shit that's uh, happened, yeah. So, sorry about the, uh, <laughs> the, the cursing, but uh, it's kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, so we had kind of reached out to her and asked her to come on so that we could talk about... Uh, some of the more controversial stuff that's going on right now. Uh, she has a, a true perspective on the situation with Black Lives Matter and also uh, in the LB, LBGTQ community. She Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. I'm all fucked up on that. <laughs> but anyways, it was... I, I just think if people are cool, they're cool. That's yeah. it. That's we had a great favorite. conversation. Um, hopefully this helps y'all. And uh, enjoy. For my, my millions of fans, um, depending on when you're listening to this, it may not seem timely, but if you look back in history, this will be a pretty significant time in, uh, in, in, in our history. So uh, you know, yeah. when you guys go back to our archives and look up on this, I'm, I'm just I'm bookmarking it right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy. Howdy, howdy. Hello. I haven't heard from Erin. I sent sent her the link this morning, but I haven't heard anything from her. Boo. I know. So it may just be us. It's all good. Welcome welcome to the exciting world of podcasting, where plants never go as (laughs) they're supposed to. I mean, I've literally been like attempting to finish up mine my podcast for the mighty dames for like the last two months and i just keep doing other stuff instead so i was like eh, we'll see when it comes yeah. <laughs> i just keep so, um, well we're we're pretty excited because i mean we blinked and i think this is number 33 33 i saw 34. that you guys are like it's going pretty quickly that's awesome well and and i have decided now I, I will no longer say I have six listeners. I have millions. So <laughs> I'm going the other way around. We're going to go, we're going to go on the optimistic. positive side, the optimistic That's side. That's the way so, to do it. To our, our millions of fans out there that are, yes. that are listening in. Just millions. Billions. All, people all over the world just right. coming together. Yep. So this, this podcast in particular, just for our listeners, is a little bit different. Um, we've already chatted with Tori about the amazingness that is Tori. Yes. Oh, oh my God. That's like a whole. Yeah. You, wait, wait, wait. So we, I'm a whole well, thing we, for people who don't know. Because Tori has kind of blown up lately. This is true. Bro, it's been it's crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> the thing, we it's been there. crazy. We were there at the beginning, 
we didn't know what we were getting into. <laughs> you know. So you times now? What? Oh God. Well, you know, the really, <laughs> the really funny thing about it is, is um, there's been a few people who are surprised at how opinionated I've been. And I've just like been looking like, you really don't know me. Or like, oh, you know, like high school Tori. <laughs> like they know That's high school Claremont Tori. They don't know Tori post-college because that's a whole different beast. So it's, it's been right. funny. I think, I think there's just a different level of confidence after you've been around for a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. What yeah. if people shit you more as much? Oh, my, the amount my, of stuff that I put up with level, now is so small. Yeah. My level of accepting other people's shit was well, way higher back in high school. Well, but, <laughs> but I also think it's on two different levels though. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one, as people, we've become much more confident in, mm-hmm. in who we are. But two, social media has made shitheads much more comfortable <laughs> in yeah. their willingness to share the shit. You know shit. what's, what's so and, funny is like, I know for a fact people are so much bolder online because I, like some of the people who are talking to me, I fully expect to see them in the next month. And I know them, I, they're not gonna keep the same energy, but I will. So like, I'm past the point of like caring if people are uncomfortable, like there are gonna be some open mats that I go to that people are gonna be, <laughs> they're gonna be in their feelings. And I don't, I don't, I don't care anymore. Um, my whole thing is anything that I've ever put on any of my social medias, I have no problem backing it up if I see you, right. you know, in real life. Exactly. It, I don't think not a lot of other people are that way. They, they, oh, well, actually, nah, come, come on. Hit me with those amazing facts you found. Right. Or, or you get some of these people that are like, oh, I'm just posting this because I'm just trying to piss off as many people as I can. But like, well, what does that serve? Right. Exactly. Well, and so like, I, I would have, I love, I don't, I want to say necessarily I love differing opinions, mm-hmm. but I enjoy people with different viewpoints Yeah, and then having a healthy conversation. But the part that I, I appreciate though, are people actually having a real opinion because mm-hmm. I, I found myself getting really frustrated with one of, of, of our, our gym's members mm-hmm. I would like to go to Melissa and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like right now, it seems like if I said that my mats are blue, they would argue with me that they weren't blue. They were some other color or something of that nature. And I actually confronted them at one mm-hmm. point in time. And I was like, what is up? Yeah. They go, oh, well, I was just playing devil's advocate so that we could have a conversation. No, and I'm like, no. so the whole time you're we're talking, you don't, you don't actually it. believe any of the shit you're saying. He's like, no, I just, you seem so passionate about what you were saying. So I just wanted to play devil's advocate. I said, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. See, that's something I, I just don't understand. Um, again, I am a person who I love to talk to people about different topics and I love having a productive dialogue. I clearly, I have friends who are not on the same wavelength as me and for the majority of them, there's a certain point that we know that we either can't continue a conversation or we know we're not going to change anyone's opinion. And that's fine. As long as, long as you approach it with respect and a baseline actual understanding of it, not, opi- not, not, not solely opinion-based, but you can back up your opinions with actual real-world facts and um, 
some, just something to, to back up what you're saying. I could talk to anyone about anything. When people just spew the first thing that comes out of their mouth or they quote things from like, you know, true patriot dot, you know, net or some like some really random thing that you can tell is not a real source. Whenever someone does that, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, really? You're, you're re you really want to do this? And like, you've, again, you've seen my post. I'm like, look, either I or one of my friends will embarrass you if you come with some ignorant stuff. Like, it's really that simple. If you don't agree with me, that's perfectly fine. I have no problem with that. But if you come with hostility, oh, it's, it's going it's to go down. It goes down in the comment section <laughs> on my pages. Well, I'd like, the, I'd like the, the comment I finally had with this individual. I just sat there and I looked at him and I said, okay, I'm just telling you right now, if you're playing devil's advocate, you better say so in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I said, because otherwise I'm taking every word out of your mouth as that that is your belief. And that's how I'm yep. judging you. And that's how I'm going to treat you. Yep. Yep. And that's so, exactly. People love it. I, 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 I said, well, I, 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 I believe that at that point I was like finding out now that all of our conversations have been bullshit mm -hmm. I said that you've been literally just trying to stir up shit that's it like that's I'm your like, life goal like what what like what what is I then yeah. I would ask what was your purpose beside beside engaging me in conversation because what that's telling me is that you have no opinions of your own and you have no thoughts on this subject you're, you're simply parroting back right. what you think will get me riled up and like to me, like, I don't value you as a, uh, as a conversation, then, then you're just an ornament. Like exactly. I have no use for you to speak exactly. on intelligent things. Like we'll just talk jujitsu that's fine. But like, I don't really care about your opinions after that. I really don't. Exactly. But even then, I'm like, if that's the way you're doing it, I'm not sure I care about your opinions. You know, so I was like, Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. It's, I'm like, um, I, I want to have, I want to have real conversation mm -hmm. with people where Absolutely. if, if I voice an opinion now, granted, I may talk out my ass, <laughs> but it's my belief mm -hmm. and my belief may be completely unfounded in anything real, but at least it's something I do believe mm -hmm. in. Even if I'm ignorant on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> see and that's like but it, 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 it's but compared to somebody who's just being fake you know yeah. Any emotion. um yeah i've 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 had to hit the point that um i'm a person who like i don't like to delete people but i've been like gleefully deleting people lately <laughs> um because <laughs> there's there's levels of people that you can have conversations with like i said there's certain people that you know that you can't talk to them about certain topics because they can't right. be rational and there's people who you know you can have a conversation with and there's other people who are just i, I to me, there's a difference between someone who is ignorant, and I'm not meaning that as a harsh way, like who is ignorant to an issue, who just does not know, and then someone who is willfully ignorant. Yes. I can speak yes. to people who just don't know any day, and we'll see where they fall in the line, but I can explain um, to those, I can talk to those people any day, but if you are willfully ignorant, like you are intentionally ignoring the truth to for, for, so that it fits your worldview, again, like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with you because at a certain point, it is not my job to educate willfully right. ignorant people. 
it's my job to use my platform, use my voice to speak about causes that I care about and speak to them in a way that it doesn't feel like preaching, that it's simply me explaining, you know, my personal opinion from my personal worldview based on, you know, and why I feel that based on evidence or facts or whatever. Yeah. But if, so, like I said, if someone just wants to spew willful ignorance in like, like bobs and weaves away from every point that I'm saying, because it's inconvenient to the line of truth they want to go to. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Like, I don't feel like that's a benefit to have those people until they have a wake up moment. There's no point in continuing a conversation with them because it's just frustrating and right. it's, it's draining. Well, and like there's, uh, I, I'm trying to remember what the debate was. Um, it was, it was more theologian type stuff mm -hmm. and two people came together and the way the debate started was one person simply asked the other person, how much evidence will it take if I can present it for you to change your position? And the other person response was, there is nothing that you could show me, that you could tell me, or anything else that would make me change my mind. And the person said, debate is over then. Yeah. Because there is no point to this conversation. Nope. And, and, and that, that's a real, I mean, that's a real thing. There, mm -hmm. there are some of those people out there that, like you said, now that's, that is the potentiality of somebody who is willfully ignorant mm -hmm. and regardless of what information you can put and in front of them. What evidence is put in front of them? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that, I have. A that unfortunately, and, and in, you know, like the, uh, uh, listening to like the Rogan podcast, Mm -hmm. He describes people as like, like for some reason, that little nugget suddenly becomes their identity. Yeah. And they become so personally attached to it mm -hmm. that if somebody says anything opposite or if it challenges that belief or the like, that they themselves feel challenged. I, that's, and, I mean, that's basically, yeah, that's basically what's become of everything in our lives. We've, we've entrenched ourselves so deeply with our identity, but not in our identity as specific people or traits or characteristics, but random belief systems. So if I question, if I question the, um, if I question the police in any, any way, and um, I say that I have issues with it, all of a sudden I'm attacking all police again, that's not to say that I'm not the daughter of two law enforcement officers, you know, retired law right. enforcement, or that my family has a history of law enforcement and military. All they see is me saying, I have an issue with this. And then I am personally attacking that whole thing. And somehow now I am now that I am evil. So, and again, like, and I, to a certain degree, I get it because um, there are certain things that if someone tries to talk to me about, there's just, there's nothing they're going to say that's going to do it to change my mind. But to me, those are more factors like, I'm not going to discuss with anyone um, my experience being black. I'm not going to change my mind about my experience being gay. Those are things that like, they're not going to talk me out of being black or gay. Like there's no, there's no limit. There's no, right. like, you know what I mean? there's, there's nothing that you can do about that. But if someone were to challenge my, you know, my belief systems on, let's say, um, I don't know, on when or when we shouldn't go to war. 
I'm willing to say like, yo, yeah, I'm definitely probably going to be more flexible that, about that because one, it's not a topic that I personally identify with, but also it's not something I've spent like a whole bunch of time thinking on. And, and I have like, people just have a real issue admitting that they don't know everything. And even when they're proven wrong, they don't want to say that they were wrong because they don't want to look like an idiot. I look like an idiot all the time and I'll claim it's like, oh yeah, I, yeah, no, totally messed that up. Like, if people did that more often, maybe more people would be willing to, um, will be willing to back off when they hold like, hold like those beliefs so, so dearly. It's, it's, right. it's ridiculous. Well, it's like, it's like some of the, like currently right now, I mean, I automatically go by the assumption that what I'm seeing on social media is either very biased mm-hmm. or is potentially false because there's so much misinformation that is out there that before I make that opinion, I, I kind of want a bigger picture. Yeah. And it's one of those that's, that's happened quite a bit where somebody sees an image or mm-hmm. in some instances, all they see is the headline, the clickbait yep. headline. And they have now formed an entire belief system of their opinion over that topic mm-hmm. just by the clickbait headline. Yep. And then and reshared then, all over to other people to do the same thing, keep that cycle continuing. Yeah. And then you actually investigate and you see what actually, well, I shouldn't say even what actually transpired. You see more evidence. Yeah. And the evidence makes you stand back and go, whoa, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's a little different. I'm like, that's different than what that headline just read. Mm-hmm. You know, the evidence I'm seeing, even in their own article, is very different than the clickbait, you know, headline. Well, because we're and, lazy. That's what yeah, comes, it's, we're yeah. lazy and we just like, oh, this must be true and share it. It's, right. we know that everything on the internet's not true, but like, no one's actually acting like that. They believe that everything that's getting told to them and gets shared to them in a, in a, a picture or a meme is automatically true. And right. I just think that's so irresponsible. So, what for our listeners? Um, we had reached the out millions, of them. The millions, millions all around the world. <laughs> I, I had reached out to Tori um, uh, and just said, "Hey, with Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. how can we help?" Mm-hmm. Um, because I do feel like we are allies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we don't have a true understanding of the, the issue because you know we're not in those shoes. We're just yeah. not. But, but I, we love you as a person. We love you. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, like, that's because I'm and, amazing. And so like, in, in, in any circumstance, in any circumstance, when, when we have a friend, mm-hmm. you know, that's the first thing the friends do is mm-hmm. friends say, how what, can I help? What can we do? Yeah. So, so um, Tori said, you know, it might be cool to do a little, just kind of a chat and yeah. try to educate some people and, and just kind of, get some points across uh coming from the jujitsu you know people that are in the jujitsu community and and also inform people what they can do to help because i know that we're not the lone rangers where we're like you know what we don't we, we want to help but we're not sure the right way to yeah. go about helping and being mm-hmm. an ally in this, this yeah this it's situation. it's really weird because this is like this is our big well it feels like you know the i'm a history nerd so it's really hard to explain the time period you're living in now 
as now, you know, historians in the future are going to say like what this period is, but this seems like such a time of, um, and not just this year, but like the last 10 years of social unrest and like people kind of coming into their own and speaking out more. And um, when the whole Black Lives Matter movement really started up, um, it was always like in the background. People heard about it, but it was more or less in the Black community people were talking about it. And no one else really really spoke of it other than thinking it was an anti-police organization. Um, and then now recently with the, the, the shooting of, well, the killing of George Floyd, we're seeing more people now like, oh, so this is what it's about. And they, they, they're championing the cause. And what I said before is a lot of people are confusing um, the Black Lives Matter movement with being anti-police. And it's not, it's to say that it's anti-police is very short-sighted because what it is, is anti-police brutality and anti-systemic racism. Now, right. the whole, another issue is some people don't believe the systemic racism, racism is a thing. And to those people, it's hard to explain why you're protesting if you don't believe in that very, that very, that's like the starting point is that is to understand that whether you like it or not, and again, like history classes in school has done us no favors. Um, America has a lot of really dark history when it comes to um, various races. I mean, it's, it's what they've done to the Native Americans, to African Americans, to um, to the Spanish. It's not it's not been all roses here. And when you, right. it seems like when you tell some people that they like we were talking about before, they automatically assume you're attacking America in everything saying it's a terrible place. What we're saying is that it could, it should be better than it is today and that we have to understand the roots that have gotten us here. So with the Black Lives Matter and with the anti-police brutality, we see people love to throw the facts out there like, oh, well, there's more white on white crime than this. Um, the truth of the matter is like we Black people make up a small percentage of the population. We say Black and Brown too, because um, all those dark people don't get the don't get the best shaping sometimes, but um, what we're saying is that in correlation with the larger, if you look at the larger population, you see that there's more violence done to the black and brown communities. You see that the black and brown communities are making up the majority of people who are incarcerated. So it's a when we say systemic racism, we're saying is it's not just starting with the police; it's almost at every level. So why are um, why are more African-Americans being in prison than other races? Are we inherently more violent, more prone to crime? No, crime is mostly linked to like diff, um, your situation, your poverty. Why are the black communities more poverty rich? Well, it goes back to where they were put after you know reconstruction or when there was white flight out of certain communities and tax dollars left those communities, leaving them more poor, leaving them more known to, more prone to, um, to criminal behavior, which led them more prone to being arrested. Why are people more violent? Why, why do we see more, um, we see these images of people being violent to black and brown people? Well, if you go back to civil rights movements and all that things, why were police even cre created? To track slaves, to protect the white people from the black people. So it's like, when you start peeling back the layers to it, you see that there is, as much as it has changed, please don't pretend that it didn't start at a certain level. And we still have, you know, Jim Crow era, um, laws in existence now people forget that I think it was with like in Georgia or something like just in the 2000s they stopped having a segregated prom we're talking about like 
um, because they just passed where we can have LGBTQ people can't get fired for being that. But those are other things that there's, there's been a bunch of little things that have compiled to make it harder in certain regards for black and brown people. And when you're trying to tell that to certain white people, they fundamentally refuse to believe it. They believe that if we start out on the same level, if I'm born here and you're born here, we both have the same chance to succeed. And it's just not true. There are certain things that are going to be harder because you're going to have to, I have to prove myself every single day that I'm at work. And I live in, and I work in like my job, my, my actual employer, they're extremely inclusive, but the community that I am in is 99% white and 99% like they're in the upper class of wealth. And when they see a six to one black chick walking through their area, I get stares, I get questions. I get, I get asked about my personal life more than any, anybody else I've ever heard of. Um, I have my, my education question more. I have my, um, not my sexuality, but they, they, they ask me a lot about how many kids I have, not even if I have kids, how many kids I have. Um, and it's all these little things that you just, you sit and think about after the fact. It's like, would they have asked any other, would they have asked the white girl that? Probably not, but you get used to it. And it's, it's, it's a shame to say that, but I've gotten used to so much that is all linked back to how we're all raised and how these systems operate and we we've we've gotten comfortable with it so we don't want to admit that it that problems exist i ramble but yeah no that's it's all good no <laughs> it's all good stuff that's why so <laughs> you know for for myself so for for the for the listeners um i'm a middle-aged white male you are caucasian I got, yes i just got called santa claus <laughs> By, by one of our kids in camp because I'm, I'm 40, I'll be turning 49 this year and I grade early. Um, so my beard is almost all white hair. That's not gray anymore. It's white. It's white. It's white. Um, and, but what's interesting though is when I was growing up, a lot of my teachers thought I was Hispanic. Melissa's dad thought I was Hispanic. <laughs> used to refer to me as that you, Mexican. He's like, you still dating that Mexican? I'm like, Dad, he's not Mexican. He's Italian. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And and so that was so. I remember, I'm in. Uh, I think it's sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, and my teacher was going over. We were going over you know, the classifications of, of, you know, of, of, I'm trying to think of how the, the books broke it out. But when it came to a representation of Hispanic, I was the one that the teacher pointed to and said, just like Dave. And, and I was sitting there going, Wait, what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Hispanic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, but yeah, I, so, so I, it, in, in that time period, I was, I was used as the example to my, uh, to my the rest of my classmates. As, Everyone as loves to be the token person. It's so, it's so awesome. And, and, and so, I mean, it's, it's nowhere near anything of that nature, but it's, it's a weird feeling. It's to, othering. 
You're, you're, yeah. you're picking a specific characteristic and saying, this is how they are not like us. Let's, let's have them talk about how they are not like us. And you're like, what the hell? I've known you kids since kindergarten, but sure. Okay. It's yeah. We we're finding that one characteristic that's different. So yeah, we, we joke about it quite often with, uh, with Melissa's father. Um, <laughs> Cause I mean, that's, that's not high school age that, that it, you know, while I'm in high school, junior, uh, junior and senior years is when we first started dating that he thought I was Hispanic during that time period. Now, granted, um, my gray has now diminished all of that. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so maybe let's circle back to you. So as you know, there, there are people out there that want to help. Yeah. Maybe just kind of um, give us some 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 guidance. And I know it, I know it sounds it sounds hokey and corny, but but a lot of people do want yeah some well, guidance because they don't they, well, they, they want to help, but they don't want to. Well, speaking speaking of like social yeah. media, mm -hmm. so Melissa and I caught on to this thing quite a while ago. Not in social media, but just in other aspects of life. We've we've both worked service industries mm -hmm. and we know how the bullshit works. Mm -hmm. People complain far more often than people ever give you a compliment. Yup. So, so we really started making it a point to, if we go to a service-based place, to be vocal, mm -hmm. to speak up, mm -hmm. so that people hear something different than the other narrative all mm -hmm. the time. And with social media, we were just talking about that. Tons of idiots love to be vocal yeah and unfortunately the the vast majority of the rest of us either don't want to be we don't want to get go down the rabbit hole with these mm -hmm. idiots we don't want to but to me that's that's systemic that's that's history yeah that's there of that just like with police officers there's a lot of good police officers and we know mm -hmm. definitively there are some bad ones Mm -hmm. We know we can take anything in life. If you go to a restaurant, we know there's some good waiters and we know there's some bad waiters, usually mm -hmm. far, far more really good. Mm -hmm. But if those like, you know, if those of us who believe that what's going on is wrong, don't say something mm -hmm. and don't speak up, then the others get to become our voice. Yep. You, but it, it's, um, you bring up a good point. So the whole idea, and we're seeing this a lot now, it's, um, is, I hate to sound it, say it this way, because it makes it sound like, like I'm blaming people who are quiet, but like, if you're silent, you're basically um, accepting that things are just, they just are how they are. That's how I see. If you're not, if, if you don't, if you don't make it a point to say like, what, even something that seems like, whoa, this is fucked. If you literally say nothing at all, to my mind, it's like, wow, you really don't have an opinion on an issue so basic, especially like with the Black Lives Matter, that saying Black Lives Matter rubs people the wrong way. But even saying something as simple as like, I support Black and Brown people, or I support, you know, diversity, or I support, you know, the African American community, that is something that should not be divisive. And it's very simple to say. But people aren't even saying that because they don't want to rock the boat and they don't want to be the one who causes someone to say something to them. And to those people, I say, it's like, 
that feeling that you feel of like being like you you don't want anyone to say anything to you and that you're afraid to move and you, you don't like you don't want anyone to take anything you're saying out of context like that's what i feel every day that's what other that's like what other black people feel all the day that's what other like gay people or trans whatever people feel every day it's like it's work it's working a tightrope because you know you've been othered and now you're afraid that well i used to be not i don't give a fuck um, but you'd be afraid to like <laughs> i don't care anymore you'd be afraid to mess up that delicate balance but at the same time there has to come a point where you have to stop caring so much about the opinion of idiots and stand up around the people that you care about and that you want to support because at a certain point, if everyone who is, in, is supportive, if they're making, if they're saying, I support, I support, we're going to be louder than those people who don't. Because like you said, there's more good. I firmly believe there's more good than bad in this world. But if the good stays quiet, all we, see, all we hear is the bad. So everyone else needs to be more vocal and be more supportive if just to drown out those negative right. voices, to, to tell them like, hey, no, you're not the majority. Like, we think you're idiots also. So I think that's important, especially for like other white people to talk to other white people about this, because like I, we, we see it, we see it all the time between like women or whatever, like, um, someone, when someone thinks that you think the same way as them and they wait for someone else to pass and they kind of like nudge you and make a comment and you're like, wait, what? No, 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 we don't, no, we don't say that here. That's kind of what they think you're doing. Is that you're just nudging? Oh, you went silent. Am I silent? That's why I don't like using it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they think that like by you being quiet, you're like silently like yeah, nodding your head in agreeance, even when you could be like, oh my god, no, stop, like say that so that you know check them, call them on their shit. Like it's really that simple. Sometimes like yes, there's many more nuanced ways you can go into it, but like simply checking someone on their shit can go a very long way because most people they don't care enough to back it up that they're not going to die on that hill or anything they're like oh yeah i'll let that slide but um yeah call people out let's stop stop giving people passes that's my whole thing is no nobody gets a pass anymore everyone can get it (laughs) (laughs) well and you know it's one of those things like the, the current situation. It still boggles my mind. Four officers mm-hmm. could not control, which now, now there's new information coming out about how there's, they knew each other mm-hmm. from, if I have it correctly, I mean, again, I, I'm only spouting what I've heard from other people, mm-hmm. but there was a connection between the two of them where some complaints were, you know, against him from like either security job or something of that nature also for being too physical for being. So, so it's interesting again, and I, I, I've only heard this, I can't cite a source, Mm -hmm. but that's what I've, I've been told so far is that this was not just two random people that just happened to bump into each other that Mm -hmm. they actually, did you knock your phone off? I can't, I can't right now. (laughs) <laughs> that that they actually knew each other, which I think is is even worse. I think it yeah. it shows an even greater issue than had they been strangers. Um, yeah, strangers was bad enough, but I think it's worse knowing that. And then then the fact that, like I said, there was four. Yeah. Four were 
I mean, we, we come from a grappling background. Mm-hmm. We, we know definitively what control is capable of from a grappling aspect mm-hmm. and the like. And it still boggles my mind that the other officers in the area never spoke up. And that's what we're talking about. They were silent and someone else paid the price for it. So if, right. if one of those people, if one of them yanked his knee off, you're seeing videos now of someone trying to do the same thing and then officers actively moving their knee to their back. If one of those officers moved that out, that man could still be alive today. You know, right. we wouldn't be facing, he wouldn't be facing murder charges or all four of them are now arrested. So it's like, you're telling me that one person had more command than three. Uh, I don't know the levels of what they are, but you're, let's say they're at the, all the same level. You're telling me that three of you chose not to speak up against something. This, even after he passed out, you still decided to just let him keep that going. They're completely complicit in this. Like they, they, they submitted to this. They agree that it's fine. Whatever happens, happens. And that is insane to me. Um, there's, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to fuck this quote up horribly, but it kind of goes back, goes back to the whole, the only thing that evil needs to persist is mm-hmm. for good people to do nothing. Yeah. And I know I fucked it up, but yeah, just we get the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that's, that kind of goes to this whole thing is that, you know, the, the people that are on, on you know, that, that have a good heart about it and, and that want to help need to speak up and not just mm-hmm. sit back and, mm-hmm. and watch it unfold. Absolutely. Like well, like, like it was, it was weird. So I graduated from the police Academy in California in 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, I entered in 1990 in October of 90. This was a prolonged Academy. I was not, I, I, I to be honest to my 6 million listeners, um, <laughs> I graduated from the academy. I never have worked as an officer, nor has I ever been sworn in. The academy and ROP police science and the like, I sponsored myself to go into the police academy. I paid my own way. Um, That was the type of academy I went into as a uh, prolonged academy. Hmm. So basically, it took the equivalent of two semesters of uh, college. Mm -hmm. And while I was in there, we had a group of individuals that were many of so a lot of us were shocked you know looking at it going how the hell did they get in here mm-hmm. i mean at the now those individuals started targeting other people the academy class was i think we started at like almost 70 in the mm-hmm. academy class somewhere in there and by the time we graduated for different reasons, we were down into about the 50s. Okay. Um, so some people flunked out academically. Some people flunked out because they couldn't pass physical or they couldn't. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know that there were probably about three individuals that were targeted by this group and bullied until they quit. Um, now, what was interesting, though, is... I, at one point in time, started to think possibly that either myself or people I was becoming friends with in the academy 
were about to be targeted by this group. But what was also interesting to me, though, was I knew that some of the TAC officers that we had, some of the ones in charge, were also very irritated at this group for their behavior and the like. And it, was, it seemed interesting to me because I felt at that point in time, like if I went to my TAC officers to complain about them, that I would definitively put that target on my back from this group. And it seemed like at that point in time, even though half my TAC officers were just as frustrated with this group, they seemed untouchable. They seemed like nobody, including the, the people running the academy, it was like, only if we can specifically catch them, your word was not enough, mm-hmm. if only we could specifically mm-hmm. catch them doing some of these things. And, and now, I mean, to be honest, one of the most vocal of the TAC officers that was pissed. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get reprimanded because at one point in time we were in the room and he couldn't name names, but we knew who they were, who he was referring to. And he closed and locked the door and proceeded to drop so many F-bombs, you know, about this behavior in front of, of everybody. And he himself went on to basically say that if I fucking catch you, personally doing any of this shit that I, you know, basically threatened that he would lay hands on them, not just write them up, but that he would physically lay hands on them. But like I said, it was so, it was so interesting that, I mean, one, I don't, I don't think he got in trouble or if he did, it was, it was kept kind of quiet. He did later on becoming the uh, police chief for uh, Stockton. Um, mm-hmm. So when I knew him, he was a motor cop. And then he, he basically elevated his way up into the uh, police chief position. But I myself found it to be very disheartening at that point. Cause I said, I need, there were enough of us that knew, mm-hmm. but we didn't feel like, like if, if I like one, I didn't feel like if I went to my, my TAC officers that, that they would back me. And then two, that I would suddenly then become a target of these individuals because I'd already like I said I, I personally know of at least three there might have been more um that because uh, some of these people I talked to afterwards I saw them like about six months after the academy and was like dude what happened to you you just disappeared I know you didn't flunk out mm-hmm. and then that's when they proceeded to tell me about how this group was you know and again it, it's always outside of earshot Mm-hmm. from everybody else it's always when nobody else is looking mm-hmm. you know that, that's usually how cowards work yeah is, well, you know they, they, they do the shit when it's their word you know one person's word against four or five yep. um well you can take that take that and even put it in large society it's like why is it that certain people are able to skate the law and able to just like wiggle their way out of situations when you have a larger community telling you like no, they're doing these atrocities to us and they continue to skate the law. Um, we see this all the time in sexual abuse cases. Yeah. Like there's a pattern, like these are terrible people and they get off with taps on the wrist for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're ignoring women or um, children or boys or whatever, people who are being abused because there's some kind of pull or attraction or connection to these, pow- these people in power. Um, 
people don't like to rock the boat. They don't want, like you said, they, you, they don't want to be targeted themselves, even if something right. is something wrong is happening. So they, they weigh the risk of like, well, how much can I expose? That is also why I'm so glad. Like I hate social media sometimes. I also love it. That's why I'm so glad that um, camera phones are like, is like default now because people are now able yeah. to yeah. get evidence of all the, I mean, it's in, and honestly, I don't watch 99% of them. Like, I don't want to watch a person die. Like, I think we become way too desensitized to that. I don't want to watch someone getting beaten. I don't want to see someone getting sexually right. assaulted. That's, 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 that's a terrible thing to continue to witness. But now we have video evidence. Like, really? You're saying all this? Well, now, three weeks later, someone just gave us a tape saying everything you just said was bullshit. Explain this. And right. even then, people are getting off. But now it's like, you cannot say it's he, shits, he said, she said. Here is documented video evidence, frame by frame of what happened. Finagle your way out of this, especially after you've already told your story. Like, you know, um, witnesses can be kind of wishy-washy sometimes because some people won't, they'll, you know, people will try their hardest to discredit a witness. But when you have video evidence, and I love seeing people trying to like, again, bob and weave their way out of like how please tell me how you can tell how you can tell us how you are clearly hitting this man how you did not hit this man please go i'll wait but people do it well and that's what you were just like with witnesses things of that nature now it, it's one of those things witness statements and the like used to be like used to be the mm -hmm. thing you know that if, if somebody spoke up, said, I was a witness, man, that was it. That was carte blanche. That was the truth. Now we know that witnesses and witness statements are usually not the best, you know, yeah. at getting a, a picture together. You know, it's, well, you're it's asking now someone to recount um, an incident of trauma. I mean, I've been in, I've been in car crashes. I got, I can't tell you straight frame from frame exactly what happened when I was in my car crash. Cause I wasn't, cause you just went through a trauma. So to expect a third party person or whatever, to be able to recount everything, if you can do that, like props to you, I don't know. But I think we forget that what we are doing is like, we are witnessing traumas on a daily basis and to a certain level. We're being desensitized to it, but at the same time, it is still a trauma. So it's hard, especially when it's first person, like when you're looking at it happening, Sometimes it's hard to fuzz out all the details. Like, did this person pull their hand off or did this person pull their hand? Off? I don't know. I saw someone just got shot in the head. You know what I mean? So it's, I think sometimes we forget that like what we are seeing, that's not a good thing to keep exposing yourself to. Like that's, that's, we continue, we're continually traumatizing ourselves and it's, it's, it's not, it's not helpful. You gotta go. I'm just about. Dave has a meeting uh, right at one, so. Okay. With my other job. His other job. There you go. The one that pays the bills. I'm still enjoying that furloughed life, so I'm just chilling at home, making content, pissing people off, getting some people excited. So you know. <laughs> I never, I never got that furlough life. What I got oh was a 40% uh, reduction in wage. To do the same. To do the same. Actually, actually, I, actually I'm working more hours. Um, actually, the um, we we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're kind of we're kind of at the tail end of that, but it went on for uh, for about a couple months, 
couple months, maybe three months yep. of yeah. a 40% reduction in wage, but yet no reduction in, in workload. workload. Actually, um, there was a time period there of uh, about a month that my workload was insane. Yeah, I mean, e even insane working at, at full wage. <laughs> no, I mean, we, I've been off since never reduced. March. I've been off since like end of March and they're not expecting, we don't, we don't really know, but, um, I got some time. Let's say that like I, cause I run my program runs the school year. So you could come visit. Yeah. So I'm just now getting to the point, but like, I feel comfortable training again. Like I did a kickboxing class next week. I'm last week. I'm going to try to do hit a jujitsu class this week. Um, that's like, that's the one thing that just, I was like, Oh, I was dreading is like, I had all this free time and I couldn't train. So I was like, crap, what am right. I going to do? So now I'm kind of feeling comfortable training. Um, I've been tentative because I am immune compromised. I did get random adult, like diagnosis of asthma. Fuck that's about. <laughs> um, I have a history of other breathing problems. So I've been, I was a little tentative to be around people. So now I'm just starting, but hell, now we're getting our, our outbreaks are increasing again. So it's like, shit, can't catch a break. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know we're. Well, I gotta go get ready for my okay. meeting. Have fun. So thank you, Tori. Bye, Again, Dave. You're, you're amazing. So we love you. Oh, we love you as a shucks. person. Thank you. So, I know. It's one of those things we were just talking to somebody the other day, and and basically they they were like, man, you know, it's I can't remember the full statement, but you know, ultimately, as I told him, I said it's it's easy to do what we do when we have such amazing friends that make it all possible. So with that, I say goodbye. I gotta Bye. Go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> He's so cute. I'll keep him around. I was like, I seem like jogging in the background. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he's still working out of the gym, doing his other job remotely. Okay. So he comes in, takes over the office. I'm running an insane summer camp. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, summer camp. I've lost all concept of time. So I'm like, oh crap, yeah, it is summer. Yeesh. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, uh, and our summer camp sold out like Instantly. eons ago. And oh. I had so many panicked parents calling me, can't you squeeze Timmy in? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, we're full. Because yep. we're keeping our numbers down a little bit because of COVID, yeah. you know? Well, because now it's like these kids have been in my house for two months. Please take them. Yes, basically. They're like kicking them through the door. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's good because you, you've seen so many, um, so many, you know, smaller gyms have to close down or, you know, stuff's been messed it up. Is, so it's good to get, to help get some kind of income in there coming yeah, more regularly. It's, it's, yeah, it's been our lifeline for sure. That's the only mm -hmm. thing been keeping us floating that and cutting costs, you know, trying to scrimp where we can and make it. Yeah make it work oh yeah yeah it's been so yeah <laughs> yeah it sucks but oh. i don't have an answer for that that's not something we can do anything about no no so, no the whole world is going to continue to go through this but we can do things we can do other things other things yeah we man. can you know help with tolerance and we can help with you know awareness and and shit like that and yeah. getting people educated that well, see, then that's why conversations like this are so important 
even on a, just a me and you as we're friends, we've talked about stuff like this before. We kind of, we're, we have similar understanding of the topics. Um, but also taking these we're conversations. We're on the same page, but yeah. not in the same, exactly. Know, we're yeah. on the same page, but from two different viewpoints. Exactly. That and that's perfectly fine. So then like to, I've been, oh, I can't even tell you what my DMs have looked like lately of people who, to be honest, would have <laughs> would have never thought in a million years would have reached out to me, have reached out to me with, like we were talking about like the, the difference between like just not knowing and willful ignorance, who just didn't know certain things or who were just genuinely curious and they felt like they didn't know how to ask without it coming off as them being racist or, you know, right. whatever. So I feel like that's why I try to be as vocal and get as friendly as possible without shutting everyone down so that if they feel that, if they feel like they don't have someone to have that conversation with or to ask those questions, I always say, hey, come to me. I don't speak for all Black people, but I can give you my personal insight on the topic and how I personally feel about it. And um, I think that not enough people have that person to have a conversation with, or they don't know right. the allies to talk to, to give them, you know, Correct. a base understanding. Because like you and Dave, you're you're perfect for like, talking to okay so talking to other white people but you'll be perfect to do that because <laughs> me i have a vested stake in this you know like if we we, we try to if we i'm not to the basic level i have a clear stake in it being a black woman right you care about the black right. lives matter that it's very easy you don't have to like i said we like we talked about how people can stay silent right. you don't have to so by you automatically being vocal other white people are going to take what you're saying a different level than what I'm saying because I could be seen as being biased right. toward the cause. You, on the other hand, you're right. not biased to the cause. You just see it for what it is and you see that there needs Correct. to be something said about it. So then you can take your opinion, your viewpoint, and it will be a little bit closer to the other people you're talking to compared to me, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I know it's, uh, is it Pride Pride Month? It is right Pride or Month. Um, girl, what letters are we at? I, I do LGBTQ. Some people put a plus on the end, right. but it's LGBTQ Pride Month. I would just like to yeah. say that it is, it's, it's fitting that Pride and my birthday are in the same month. Just saying. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It was the and last I mean, day, so they knew. They just, they, I squeaked in there June 30th. So it's like, yes. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you kind of, you've got multifaceted uh, situations. Yeah. I'm a complex One year a woman. <laughs> yeah. One year a woman, mm -hmm. which, which I can, I can definitely yeah, yeah. put myself in the same shoes yeah. on that. Both have uteruses. You're black. <laughs> and you're gay. Yep. So you've got so many I, I'm, I'm surprised you are not more jaded, to be honest. Yeah, I call myself because a triple, I'm a triple minority. I keep it. Yes. I keep all the things. Absolutely. Now I just, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but it's, it's, I think that's why you're such a great role model as far as even with all of that, mm -hmm. all of the bullshit that goes along with with the biases and, and prejudice and stuff like that that come along with all three of those items, mm -hmm. you're so positive and you're so I mean, inspiring and, and everything. Oh God. Um, ah. 
to be honest, like, that's why I said, like, people who are, some people are surprised, and, like, I wasn't always like this, like, I grew up, I grew up in a pretty well-mixed city in Claremont, but, um, I was the black band kid who listened to metal, you know, I was already othered, I've been othering, I've been that other group for a while now, so I didn't, I was not a confident person for most of my life, I struggle with it now, but, you know, between my size, between, there were times where, like being black, I was just like, oh God, I have to deal with this problem. Oh, my hair and people look at you weird. And you know, kids are cruel. They say things not realizing how, how bad they are sometimes. So oh, I had yeah. that whole thing of like trying to, um, I, was, I was trying to explain this to someone who told me they didn't see color. And I was saying that that's, also, that's actually kind of damaging to a, lot of, um, to a lot of young kids because they do see color and they see how they're different. And you're basically telling them to right. ignore it when everyone else is pointing it out. So there had to come a point where I had to get more comfortable with Tori, the black woman. And it sounds weird because like I've always been a black woman, but um, accepting that part of my identity, it, it took some, right. it, it wasn't easy. And, and then it goes back to the same thing with the gay thing. Like I, I didn't come out till college. Like people, like people knew, like friends knew, people I dated knew, but like, I didn't want to, again, I'm still in the South. I didn't know how people respond to that. Even when I got into jiu-jitsu and I, this is after I've been out, I didn't come out in my gym immediately because I didn't know how people would perceive it. Again, I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable, but I want to say, honestly, right about a little bit earlier, a little, a couple months before I started doing the Mighty Dames, I had my fuck it moment where I was like, you know what? Like, there is nothing here that I can change. I am going to be black. I was born black. I'm going to die black. Um, I'm gay. There's nothing I can do to not do that. And I'm not trying to spend my whole life in like isolation and solitude. That's just not, that's not how I want to be. That's not going to make me a happy person. And so once I kind of reconcile like this is where we're at this is this is a story you need to like you're gonna have to love the person you are because if you don't you'll be miserable and once and it sounds so simple to think of it that way but it really was I was like we got to learn how to accept this or we're going to be miserable the rest of our lives yeah I mean that's the the self-acceptance self-love thing is is Mm -hmm. a really difficult and I I honestly think that women do have a little harder time with that Mm -hmm. than men do um, much harshly judged. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if it's something that's in the upbringing of girls mm-hmm. or, or, or what it is, but I find just through talking to other women mm-hmm. and, you know, introducing them to jujitsu and stuff, which is a very, very difficult transition to do going from not doing anything to mm-hmm. jujitsu um, like I had a young girl today at, at the summer camp. This is her first week ever experienced jiu-jitsu. And she had a moment of almost like freak out because yeah. she's like, this is super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think she was worried. It seemed to me like she was more worried about what everybody else was thinking. Yep. Even though everybody else was doing jujitsu. Well, that she kept looking around and I'm like, okay, this girl needs. Well, think about how we're raised. Some- Girls are taught not to rough house. We're taught not to be. Yeah crazy not to do that and yeah. all right we talk about like the the lady yeah and, and then, then we have these relationships like I'm not a person who's gonna blame my mother for everything but 
our relationships with our self-esteem, with our self-worth and that is very closely tied to like how our mothers treated us and how our mothers dealt yes. with their mothers treating them about their self-esteem. You know, like, you know, I love my mother to death, but she always comes to like, oh my God, why isn't this clean? Or why don't you do this? Or, oh, Tori, you can do, oh, fix this a little bit. Like, oh, what is this? But you know, like, it's their way of showing how they love, they love you because they want you to be presented as like a certain way not really going deeper right. into the fact that like maybe the process of telling them is what is a little bit negative, you know? Correct. So like our, our relationship with other women have it definitely shaped how we, how we um, see ourselves. Yeah. I, it, and it's, it's challenging as a mom. Cause I, I'm a mom of a 17 year old mm-hmm. girl. Oh and God. She's 17. She's 17. She's going to be 18 in October. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. That's insane. That's actually insane. She did make me really happy today though. So I I pulled her in to help with that 10 year old girl because she was being super self-conscious and she looks at me, she goes, I think I might want to go back to jujitsu. She goes, don't think of this as a victory mom, but I think I want to come back to jujitsu. She paused for a minute, right? Oh, she paused for a long minute. Broke my heart, but you know, I, 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 I have to pull my emotions out of it. Mm-hmm. and go do what you what you feel you need to do mm-hmm. she 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 did what i wanted her to do which was learn how to defend herself i know she yeah. can choke a motherfucker out if she needs to that there That's we go base level now. somebody lays hands on her that she doesn't she doesn't approve of she, she can choke it. a motherfucker out. gotcha that, that's, that's all i that's all that's all i i wanted so i like you know if you don't want to do anything more jujitsu it breaks my heart a little bit but it's okay you do you that's not me it's not my choice to make it's your choice to make mm-hmm. So she paused for about a year. It's been about a year since she's rolled. Okay. Yeah. That was and my mom in basketball. I was like, I don't like, she's like, what? She tried. She's like, fine, Tori. If you like band, I'll pay these band fees and go right ahead. But oh yeah, it broke her heart when I didn't want to play basketball. Yeah, It's hard to pull your, like I said, your own wants, dreams and everything out of the equation and just let them go, you know, let them mm-hmm. do their thing. Yeah. So she's big in the art. She's, she's a great artist. You know, she's perfectly content to be in her own little world and, and not do anything. <laughs> and, uh, and I came off a Christian who was hyper competitive and, mm. you know, did every sport under the sun is a professional MMA fighter, mm-hmm. hyper competitive to, to complete opposite. My very, very she's just chill in her, in her zone. chill, unique awesome girl yeah it's kind of like mad about jiu-jitsu and i was like (laughs) how can you be mad mad? (laughs) how how did that happen (laughs) so yeah so i fully expect like my future kids to like love football or softball or some or soccer something i despise and i'd have to like suck it up and deal with it yes yes i'm fully expecting it karma on that's coming back no that hasn't happened with her didn't it she didn't find anything that I despise. She just doesn't love the same thing that I do, which is okay. Gotcha. It's okay. She's <laughs> got to be herself. Yeah, but I mean, it is, it is tough. And I think sometimes moms do that mm-hmm. where they're putting their own, you know, they're taking either their own upbringing and, 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 and trying to kind of mold girls when we really need to step back and say, what do you guys want? What do you want? Yeah. It's hard to step back. I've done that. It is hard. It is hard. I I think I've done okay 
okay with her because you know she's definitely her own individual <laughs> she's got dave's personality nobody will ever fucking make that girl do anything she doesn't want to do that girl <laughs> ever <laughs> i said peer pressure is not an issue for elena she will never fucking do anything that she doesn't want to do <laughs> I just, I just like picture her like straight face staring at them and just walking away. Oh, seriously. She just won't. Yeah, absolutely. Like, she won't engage. No. She doesn't and like somebody. She'll just like slow blink at you and walk away. I've yep, seen her do it to numerous people. And people look at me. I'm like, just leave her alone. <laughs> you don't want to get into this. It's fine. It's fine. You're not her people. It's, it's okay. <laughs> not very few people are her people. <laughs> I know I got off topic. I'm sorry, Tori. It's fine. <laughs> you sh- oh my God. You've heard, you've, you've heard mine, my blogs, they go like, mines go from here to here to here. It's natural conversation. Arts. Well, we, we've kind of like with the podcast, um, I, I've had people get really stressed out. Like, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know yet. So mm-hmm. we get in the conversation. Mm-hmm. We're just going to take the conversation wherever it goes. We kind of have yep. an idea what we want to kind of generally talk about. Like with yeah. this one, we definitely wanted to talk about Black Lives Matter. We definitely wanted to talk about how we can help and how other people can help. But past that, it was just kind of like, just have a conversation. That's how I, I, um, my roll call interviews. It's like, I have a a certain amount of questions I do, you know, you know, your default. And then like, I tell everyone like, um, I'm going to interview you, but I'm definitely going to social media stalk you to find little tidbits I can ask you about. But after that, it goes on rants. I had a conversation with, um, what's her name? Alia down in, I probably pronounced her name wrong again down in texas that literally lasted we were on skype for four hours and i was like girl but like the last i want to say the last hour and a half of it was like we can't use this clearly um but the first part about it it was it was a good it was such a good conversation like well i guess this is two parts now um just because we we started talking and it just keeps going on and on you hit new topics then you have questions about those new topics and then you remember something random that you wanted to ask that you completely forgot. You're like, oh, yes. yeah. how about this? I've done that. After an interview, I'm like, God dang it. How did I forget to ask about that? <laughs> oh, I forget yeah. who it was I was talking to. We were talking to somebody and it was like a big thing. I'm like, oh my gosh. How did yeah. we forget to talk about that? <laughs> I've, I've, I've done that. I've, I've called them back like, hey, like I'll hang up. The, I'll literally hang up. And like go downstairs and then run back upstairs and call him back and me. It's like, please answer, please answer. It's like, hey, Tori's like, okay, I forgot to ask you something. We're just, I'm just gonna throw it in there somewhere. She's like, oh, okay, sure. But um, yeah, <laughs> you get caught up in the conversation very easily. Yeah. Well, I gotta get back. I gotta relieve Brian for lunch. I gotta give him All a break. Right. My former well, camp helper. Thank you for having me anytime anytime and you yeah. know uh pretty dangerous is always open to you for uh any anything that you want to post anything you want me to share you just shoot it to me I, I will get it on there i definitely will now we're getting more um this time has been a good pause because i've been able to do more interviews we've been able to like we just right. we just started uh um we're doing a, a segment called it simply says where we're just like breaking down random little phrases that we hear all the time. Cause someone literally asked me like, what do you mean by body confidence one time? Like, what do you mean? What do I mean by body confidence? It's like, well, I haven't heard anyone. People say it, but I don't really know what it means. I was like, hmm, good point. But well, this is like- yeah, that's, that's a really good one because yeah, a lot of times people are like, 
you're just um, uh, um, putting a positive spin on unhealthy lifestyles. It's like, yeah. no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Very early on, people did not know what I meant when I was saying I promote healthy and positive body image. Like, oh, you just want people to do, no, 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 no. Healthy, oh, healthy. healthy body image is what we're doing because, um, Yes. Yeah. People get their own ideas. So we just put the first one of that out, which was our first one was about body image and nice. it's literally less than a minute. It literally asks a couple questions and just tells you a little bit about body image. And again, being the nerd that I am, I always include links for more detailed right. reading on them. So that if you want to educate yourself, right. on it, it's there, but, um, It'll yeah. just have to take the word of Tori. <laughs> I mean, I feel like people should, but like, I don't expect, I don't accept other people's words without reading it. So like, all right, I'll, I'll throw you credible sources that you can read on there. There you go. But um, yeah, no, thank you for having me on here. Thanks for, um, you know, for making it a point to be, um, you and Dave, to be black belts within the jiu-jitsu community to want to address it because we have seen so much silence and so much just, you know, ignorance within our community that it's been frustrating. So when people are actually speaking out, like I always give them like, thank you. Cause that's exactly what we need. We need more people speaking out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime we, you know, anytime we got yep. you. So I'll, um, you know, I'll probably be coming over soon. Okay. I'll let you know when okay. we get everything up, just come, come when you feel safe. You know, we're trying to limit who's, okay. who's in and all that, but but oh yeah if anything i'll try to do a competition or who like i say again who knows i could come in the middle of a week for a class one time i i don't think they're not expecting us to come back until late august maybe early september so i have nothing you know you're welcome anytime fucking time all right you are always okay i gotta throw thanks bye bye Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lowson. And your other host, Melissa Lowson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just so. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.